For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors and their next few matchups over the week. But before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Betting Barrier Podcast. Now, before we went on break, we previewed what we are doing with this week's show. Once again, talking about the Golden State Warriors and the playoffs, of course, because they're still in the second round series against Memphis. But before we do that, we're going to quickly recap, really, just what happened last week. I know last week when we did the actual video for Thursday, we didn't officially know who Golden State was going to be playing because Memphis was still playing against Minnesota. However, I painted at the fact that Minnesota was going to lose because they blew so many games in that series, there was no chance they were going to come back and win. And that's exactly what happened. They ended up going down in six. So Memphis, of course, as you know, has been playing against Golden State for the last couple of days. And so far, it's been a pretty entertaining series. Both games have come down to the wire. Now, we couldn't exactly give out predictions for the first two games because we didn't know what the spread was going to be. We didn't know Golden State's official opponent. So I'm just going to recap those games independently of gambling and then go back to my series prediction and how that's faring so far. So starting off with the first game of the series, of course, Golden State ended up pulling out a nice one-point win on the road. It wasn't easy because, of course, Draymond got ejected, whether he should have or not, separate story. And then Golden State did enough to hang on by a fingernail at the end as Clay hit the go-ahead three. Then he ended up missing two free throws, and then Ja ended up missing the layup at the buzzer, and Golden State won. I'm going to give Clay props, though, because even though he did miss the free throws, he made the three-pointer, and if you look at a freeze frame of that Morant layup, it does appear that Clay Thompson might have gotten a piece on the ball, which might explain why Morant was so off on that layup attempt. But Golden State, first game, stole home court, which is what you go for, or what you hope for, out of the first two games on the road. And then game two, you had a pretty eventful game. It was low scoring compared to game one. Game one had 233. Game two had 207. However, Golden State was in a very good spot to win that game and go up 2-0. And then John Moran took over the game. He had 47 points. If you want to look at the actual stats for Memphis in that game, it was basically him and a little bit of Zaire Williams, but that was basically it. You can go down the rest of the uh, just box score here. And yeah, Memphis only had four guys in double digits. And of course, one of them was Morant. 
Now, you had Jaron Jackson Jr., who went 3 for 14. He was awful after his 30-plus point performance in Game 1. I mentioned Williams, who was very good, 4 for 8 from 3. You had Brandon Clark, who was 4 for 4. And, of course, Brandon Clark has been very good for Memphis throughout the playoffs. Now, the main story of Game 2 was similar to the story in Game 1, which revolved around an ejection. However, unlike the Draymond one in Game 1, this one was as obvious of an ejection as you could have possibly had, because Dylan Brooks basically karate-chopped Gary Payton II in the neck while he was going for a layup, and that was three minutes into the game. Dylan Brooks got ejected, but the issue with the play itself is the fact that Gary Payton II has now officially fractured his elbow. He will be out three to five weeks, so he will be done for the rest of this series and potentially beyond. So we'll see what happens there. Hope he has a speedy recovery. But that's going to segue us into an overlying topic for Game 3, which is the question revolving around Dylan Brooks's status for Game 3 and if he will be suspended for that game. Now, personally, I think he should be suspended. I think it's a bit insane if you let Brooks come back after one game and his actions injured Golden State's player for the rest of the series. Now, I'm not saying that you have to immediately suspend Brooks for as long as Gary Payton's going to be out for. I think you can argue that would be fair, but I'm not going to do that. I do think, however, he should miss at least one more game. Now, a separate point is if Golden State would be better with Brooks on the court, because, to be honest, he's not a very good player, and the fact that he thinks he's so much better than he is would result in less shots for John Moran. But you're looking at Memphis potentially without Brooks in Game 3. Bain has had a seriously bad back, which is why he was a complete no-show for Game 2. 32 minutes, 5 points, 2 for 7. He couldn't move. So that's really going to go back to my point of how Golden State really kind of needed to win Game 2. Even though they did steal home court advantage in Game 1, you're handed a situation where Memphis has Morant, and that's basically it, because Jaron Jackson fouled out in the fourth quarter. You had no Brooks for the last 50, for the last uh, 45 minutes, sorry. And then you had Bain, who was there in person, but not necessarily in spirit, because he was nowhere near the same player that he was in the previous series because of the injury. So Golden State had a chance there, and they just let Morant go crazy. I do not know why Kurt did not send a double team. I do not know why they didn't try to force the ball out of Morant's hands. It seemed like every possession down the stretch was Morant, ISO, get downhill, hit a layup. That was the story of the fourth quarter, rinse and repeat, and Morant scored the final 15 points. So I thought Kerr did a really awful job at game planning or making adjustments mid-game for guarding Ja. I know you also had the controversial foul on Draymond against Jaw for that rebound, that loose ball that was available. But at the end of the day, when a player scores 47 on you and you don't make any adjustments, you deserve to lose. And I thought Kerr did a brutal job. Now, to go through the rest of this series, we got to go back to the Gary Payton the second injury because his absence was huge in Game 2 because he would have most likely been the guy guarding John Moran down the stretch since he had become a part of that Golden State closing lineup in the last couple of games. So with Gary Payton II being out, the question is, what does Golden State do defensively moving forward? Now, Igudala is supposed to be back for Game 3. Do I have faith in an aging Igudala coming off injury to guard John Morant? Of course not. So I don't think that's really going to matter too much. 
Otto Porter tried to guard him, didn't go too well. Wiggins tried to guard him, didn't go too well. And Poole tried to guard him for one play, and he ended up facing the wrong way and ending up almost on his back. So, yeah, Ja was a serious matchup problem for Golden State, and nothing has really changed. In fact, things have probably gotten worse because Gary Payton II will not be there for the rest of the series to even stand in his path. So, Golden State might take two approaches. One, let Morant go nuts, but just dare him to take more jump shots. Keep him out of the lane, force him to make five three-pointers again, and see what happens. Or B, you double, you trap, and you force somebody else to beat you. Because of right now, Memphis with Bain being well below 100%, I know the next game is not until uh, Saturday, so you do have a lot of time to actually get ready, or for him to get ready, or close to full health in Game 3, but I don't see it. It's a back issue, it's supposed to linger. I don't know how serious, serious it is. I don't think you need surgery on it like a Ben Simmons situation. But I do think it will definitely hurt his production for the rest of the series. So, I do think you should force other guys to beat you. I'm not scared of Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, if he went for 30 in Game 1, I consider that an anomaly. I think 3 for 14 or somewhere around 15 points is more towards the norm. Assuming Brooks is out, then you're going to be looking at more minutes for the likes of... Melton, who was 1-for-5, and Williams, and Williams was actually very good in the spot-up three-pointer uh, corner specialist role, so he definitely played well. But it seems to me the answer is obvious for Golden State. If you're going to let... If you're going to end up, I'd say, game-planning differently than what you did in the first two games, you got to send another body at Ja, or you put Draymond on him, and you hope that his physicality is enough to prevent Ja from going into the the lane but we'll see uh, looking at game three once again I'm not exactly sure how many games the series is going to go but I'm going to assume for the sake of this overall series that it's going to go the distance so I'm expecting seven games which is going to take me to the series options that I had for the opening numbers of this series I mentioned I thought Golden State would win in six that was my initial prediction going in. Have I seen anything to fully deter me from it? I would say not really, but I do think the Gary Payton, the second injury, is huge. And I think that will cost Golden State at least one game because of Golden State's inability to stay in front of Ja. And Gary Payton, the second, is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, and his absence will be huge. So I think it's going to hurt. I think that Golden State's going to lose one of these next two games at home but the question is which one now to look at the actual series spread i just alluded to it memphis is plus one and a half games and it's currently available at plus money which i think is completely absurd i think that this line should be closer to memphis uh, plus one and a half games at around minus 120 and if you look at the actual overall series price Memphis is plus 235 on the series money line, and Golden State is minus 290. Do I think Golden State should be this big of a favorite? No. I think Memphis is definitely capable of pulling off this upset. Are they going to? I'm going to hold my nose and say no, but plus 105 is really an absurd price. If I was going to be betting on the series moving forward, I would take Memphis plus one and a half games at plus 105. Now, segueing us to the game three, in Golden State on Saturday night at around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 
Looking at the spread, Golden State is favored by 6.5, and, and the total in this game is 226.5. So first glance, I like the under. I think that Golden State's going to have to do whatever it can to force anybody but Morant to beat them, and I'm really not sure if Memphis' supporting cast is good enough to step up when needed, and I do expect Golden State to do a good job of limiting Memphis offensively, and Memphis defensively did a pretty good job of chasing the uh, Splash Brothers into some difficult shots on the three-point line. Clay Thompson, I mentioned how he had the potential game-winning block and he had the game go-ahead three-pointer. He's been awful as a whole, efficiency-wise, and Poole was very good in Game 1 and very underwhelming in Game 2. Curry wasn't that great in Game 2 either. So, it seems like the efficiency for Golden State's offense has been a little bit lackluster, which is why I do like the under. This total's way too high, and I think that this game should be another slugfest that ends somewhere in the either 200s or 210s. But I would not be surprised if this game ends up landing below 220. So I do like the under. And as for the series, not for the series, sorry, as for the actual game spread for Game 3, I'm going to take Memphis. I think 6.5 is way too many points. And it seems like these teams are pretty close together. It seems like Memphis has the athleticism to force Golden State into some pretty difficult situations, both offensively and defensively. And Golden State has done a very good job of rebounding in this series. I do not expect that to last. I'm not sure if or when Steven Adams is going to come back in this series. But Memphis is a very good rebounding team. They have not looked like it so far. And I expect them to definitely do better on the glass in Golden State. So for me, I'm going to take the Grizzlies plus the points. And I'm going to take the under because I expect another serious slugfest. And as for Game 4, the main thing I've noticed in the betting markets has been the really, I'd say, just questionable adjustments that odds makers have made in between games up to this point. The main difference, of course, is when you end up going from road games to home games, obviously. That's when you have seen the biggest fluctuation in the markets. But it seems like, for example, the Phoenix versus Dallas series... Phoenix was minus 6 or minus 6.5 in Game 1, and they were minus 6 in Game 2. Miami was favored by about the same amount of points in Game 1 and Game 2. I expect Game 4, assuming Golden State wins Game 3, to be rough, roughly in the same ballpark for spreads. And once again, I like Memphis, and I like the under. Because I really expect Memphis to take one of these two home games, and I do think you will see a very long and painful series unfold for fans of both teams because it'll be entertaining it'll be a very competitive series but you are going to be losing a bunch of weight in real just sweat at this point because you're going to be really nervous about the outcome of this overall series and there's going to be a bunch of ebbs and flows but for me i think memphis fares quite well in golden state i think they'll split and i do think you will go back to memphis for game five at two games apiece now as for game five I am fully not sure what to expect there. I'm actually going to lean Golden State in game... Well, actually, I'm trying to think, because I think it's going to go 7, but do I think Golden State would actually win game 5 on the road? You know what? Nah, I'm going to take Memphis. I thought about it. I think Golden State will have a lead in that game, but I do believe the crowd at FedEx Forum will be enough to lift Memphis to a nice home win, which will force Golden State into a must-win game in game 6. But overall, my thoughts on the series... As of right now, I like Memphis plus one and a half games at plus 105. 
and I like Memphis to cover the spread in each of the next three games, along with the under. So that's been my thoughts for the upcoming games for Golden State. That's been this installment of the Ben and Bray podcast here for Thursday, May 5th. And good luck to all of you and your bets. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.